Welcome to another Distinct Nostalgia show by MIM. I'm Andy Hoyle, and this week, as we all self-isolate, we've got some real escapism, as we recall one of the most romantic films ever made. Yes, MIM's Ashley Byrne has been speaking to the last surviving star of the iconic 1945 British film Brief Encounter. My name is Margaret Barton, and uh, I was making my first film at the age of 19, but looked about 14 or 15, and so was playing Beryl, the young girl serving the teas in the refreshment room in Brief Encounter. I'm the last surviving member of of this, and I suppose I'm getting rather elderly. Let's take it right back a little bit and, and talk about your story. How did you how did you land the part in Brief Encounter? Oh, well, I'd been working in the theatre in the West End right through the war. Uh, I started at the age of 12, in fact, uh, just before the war. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I, I went to my first and only audition at the age of 12 for the famous at that time, Donald Wolfitt. Uh, when it came to my turn, I was about four feet high, I suppose, at that, at that stage in my life. He said very kindly, do you think your voice will reach the back of the theatre? And I said, oh, yes, uh, quite definitely. And he gave me a script and I read a few lines. And uh, he said to the whole uh, uh, establishment, which was there in the theatre at that time, we found our mouse, and, and, and I played the mouse that told the tale in the Pool of Tears in Alice in Wonderland, and that was my first chance of, of actually being in the main theatre, which is what I'd always wanted to do since a baby, I think. I can't, <laughs> re- I can't remember anything else. Anyway, so I worked right through the theatre and also had a year at RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, at the age of 16, uh, having worked quite a lot already. By the time we were coming to the end of the war, uh, Noel Coward and David Lean had started to make Brief Encounter, which was the outside shots up at uh, Carnforth Station, which was sufficiently far enough away from London to... Uh, have the lights on instead of being still in the blackout. We we hadn't quite finished the war. And although I never went up to Carnforth for that, uh, I all my work was in Denham Studios. So uh, Noel Coward and uh, David Lean said, that's the girl we want to play Beryl in Brief Encounter. So I didn't do an audition or anything like that. The first thing I knew, I was uh, visiting them at Denham Studios, and they were delighted to have me. So that's how I got into Brief Encounter. Fantastic. And just tell us what these two, I mean, these these are two greats, aren't they, of film and, and literature and all the rest of it. What were they like as, as people, Noel Coward and David Lean? Well, the sad thing was I didn't actually ever meet Noel Coward. He never came onto the set. But David Lean 
was a marvellous director. He was. It was my first film, uh, and so uh, he was. He was absolutely terrific. He knew exactly what he wanted from everybody on the set. Of course, it was uh, Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard, who were the stars in that show. When you were first asked about doing Reefing Cat, did you know what the film was about? Not really, no. No, I, I, I got to know it uh, as the time went by uh, in the studio, only doing little bits of uh, work at the, at the time, you know. Yes. They called me um, Burial. That's how they called me. <laughs> and I used to reply, yes, Mrs. Baggett, with a, a rather sort of pale Cockney voice. Mrs. Baggett was played by Joyce Carey. Yeah. And Stanley Holloway was the ticket collector. So the three of us were the sort of um, comic relief of this strange affair that was going on at one of the tables in the refreshment room. Uh, Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard had met and were having a, a wonderful sort of second love affair, although they were both married. And it's the nostalgia of that era where it was unrequited love that has made it so famous. Yes. Apart from the music, of course, which was chosen by David Lean, the uh, Rachmaninoff Piano Concerto, the two things go together so beautifully. You, you can't separate them nowadays, really. Uh, that's what people love. In many ways, it was quite simple as well, wasn't it? You know, here was an encounter on a railway station. It was That's right. There wasn't anything complicated about it, was there? Nothing whatsoever, no. And nothing like nowadays. Uh, I've often been asked, supposing it was made today, what do you think would happen? And, and I've often said, well, they'd probably be in bed together on the first Thursday they met, if it was <laughs> nowadays. But then... Oh, no, no, it was very different. But, of course, at the same time, it was quite controversial, wasn't it? Because it was talking about a married couple um, having a, you know, a, a, a love affair kind of thing. That, yes, that's right. And there's this wonderful, deeply moving music going on in the background. What is amazing is that it's still so needed nowadays do you know young people love it we we did a special performance for um a university and they all came dressed in 1940s clothes <laughs> they all had a handkerchief because they knew they would cry at the end and they absolutely loved to hear uh, me talking about it first and they loved the film uh, and, and david lean said at the time, you know, that he didn't think in any way at all that that was going to be a special film in any way. Uh, I think I heard him say, oh, this is a little film that will go into all the other films being made at the moment and um, people will love it because it's the end of the war and so they'll enjoy it. Yes. If he'd been alive today, he would have been absolutely astonished, I think. 
I think you're right. And of course, um, he went on to make some you know, very, very ambitious films, didn't he? Things that, oh. that took up lots and lots of people and, and time and lots of landscape and, and music and, 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 you know, Dr. Zhivago, all those kind of things he was involved in. And this was quite a s- simple film, really, in one sense, compared to all those, wasn't it? That's right. Simple and yet uh, lovely. And mm. because it was unrequited, I, I think that's why people so love it now. It's very funny, isn't it, that, the way the time has changed. <laughs> it is. I mean, the other thing about it is, what, what, how significant do you think the setting was, the fact that it was on a railway station with the old trains and all that kind of thing? Do you think that added to it? It was lovely to have the trains rushing through Carnforth. Uh, they do, don't they? And uh, they were all told at the time when they were actually filming up there, but one driver wasn't told. And so when he saw the lights on the on the platforms as he came starting to rush through, he blew his uh, whistles and made a lot of noise, which ruined the whole uh, filming and set at the time. <laughs> he became quite famous for it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard were like then as, as people to work with. Well, uh, not so much Trevor Howard. I didn't really get to know him at the time. But Celia Johnson I did. And we became uh, very good friends afterwards and did a lot of BBC work, uh, um, radio plays and things like that. Uh, and we actually did a tour of uh, it- Italy with the Arts Foundation at the Arts Council after the war. I can remember sitting with her on a, a balcony overlooking the Grand Canal in Venice, watching the, the sun come up. <laughs> she, was, she was a good friend. Uh, and, and as I say, we did work together quite a lot. Was she a big star at the time in 1945? Was she already a big star or was it Brief Encounter that helped to make her a big star? I think Brief Encounter made her, didn't, didn't it? But she was very well known in other films. Quite a lot of British pictures that she made. She had such beautiful eyes. And uh, David Lean asked me to come behind the camera once or twice to have a look at her and just watch her. She was so deeply involved in the part that a tear would drop out of her eye. At the same time, every time he said, I think we'll just try that one once again, or, you know, the way you do in filming, there's lots of stops and starts. But it didn't matter with her somehow. She was, she was so intent on keeping in character. Yes. And yes. deeply feeling the whole scene. Well, I think that's what you notice with both of them, isn't it? That the... That the you know, often people parody it, don't they? Because in some respects it can feel over the top, but actually they were really expressing their emotions in a huge way, weren't they? They really were. Yes, that's right. I I learnt a lot, actually, being my first film. Um, but it was, it was marvellous to watch her. Uh, and then everything would be changed because the camera would need to be on the other side and all the, all the scenery had to be changed and all that sort of thing. And there she would be, just exactly the same, still in that scene. It, it was lovely. The other thing it was, it was a love story about two 
people who were weren't young. They weren't they weren't like teenagers, were they? They were oh no, they were getting on a bit, you know, kind of thing. And that's quite significant as well, isn't it? Really, because you don't get much of that today. Really, it's nearly always about young people, isn't it? I suppose so. Uh, as I say, I, I'm I'm getting rather old now. So, uh, well, it's a long time. It's, it's over seventy years since we made that picture. This is Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. And coming soon, a regular quiz testing your TV and film knowledge. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Star Trek, so can you ask me some questions on that, please? I absolutely loved Pip Play. Was that presented by Susan Strang? I'd like to have some questions about Coronation Street in the 90s. How would you like to be crowned Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month and win a Distinct Nostalgia mug in the process? If you think you could answer random questions on both a chosen subject and if you get to the final TV and film general knowledge, then drop us an email now to info at madeinmanchester.tv. So what was it like on your first down briefing counter? What did you, can you remember doing the scenes? Do you remember actually, you know, did, did you have to do them over and over and over again? Well, <laughs> sometimes you have to do something twice or or three times because somebody says, oh, the, the sound wasn't so good on, on that one or the lighting wasn't very good or, oh, I tell you what. And David Lean, of course, was a great one for lighting. He was marvellous. And, of course, a black and white film, you need quite a lot of special lighting. You don't notice that in a coloured film so much. His ideas were lovely, and I sort of gathered those, really, straight away. He said, now, I, I want you to be a bit of a comic with, with Joyce Carey behind the counter. She was teaching me to be haughty. Uh, and I think if the film had gone on for years, I would have been behind the counter and been the haughty lady. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty certain of that. The whole idea, as you say, was you were providing the comic relief from what was <laughs> what, right. what was going on, weren't you? Yes, what, yes. Had she, had, I don't know much about her as an actress. Had she done similar parts in the past? Is that the kind of role she often played? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think she played a lot of things. Um, she was quite famous at the time, I think, I, although I hadn't realised that. But yes. we were we we became very good friends, and Stanley Holloway, of course, uh, you know, it was the three of us really. There's lots of pictures yeah. of the three of us together, and, and then you get a, a a throwaway shot in between when um, Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard are listening to what we're saying and everything, and and sort of grinning and laughing <laughs> about it. What was your favourite scene in it then? Do you think what was? The, I mean, not not just your scenes, but when you look back at it, and you, what's the what's the one that you that you think sums up the the, the film? Well, uh, there was one that I was in. Uh, they were coming in to talk after they'd come away from the flat, and and there's, there's that scene particularly in a flat where they go wondering whether they might stay, and they didn't, and she runs away. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Yes. Well, uh, when they come to the refreshment room, I was the only one there. Uh, and I was busting to get home, get away. Not home, go out with my boyfriend. <laughs> I think, I, I think that was it. 
and I get rather annoyed that she's come in and I said, we'll have to, we'll have to close, you know. You know, you can't stop here. We've got to shut. <laughs> and I stand there waving the keys in my hand uh, be, because I want to lock up. And she, she, she says, oh, uh, well, I'll have a brandy. And, and then could I have a piece of notepaper? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, well, all, all right, all right. I shan't be long, you know. I mean, that was my attitude uh, <laughs> uh, 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 with her. And uh, that, that's, that's very nice. That, that happens towards the end of the film. And they're beginning to say that they're not going to carry on. He's going away and all that sort of thing, you know. I didn't know that, of course. <laughs> so how long did it take to make Brief Encounter? I think I was uh, working for about three months. Right. And very well paid at the time. But my goodness, I don't get a penny now any time it's shown. Do you know, they're showing it in Japan non-stop. <laughs> I, I, I don't even get a penny for that. That's amazing. <laughs> of course. It, that doesn't matter to me at all. It was difficult to make films in wartime, wasn't it? What was, you know, what can you just tell us a bit about that sort of period and how, you know, obviously David Lean decided to make it, you know, to focus on Carnforth because of the, the fact it was easier to, to do it there than it was in London and that kind of thing. Just tell us a bit about the, the difficulties there were in that period. Uh, uh, during the war, I, I was in, mainly in the theatre in the West End. Uh, and when we made films... Of course, one always had to stop if there was an air raid or something like that. I was in, in a play at the Duke of York's Theatre, and uh, when one of those extraordinary buzz bombs used to come over, it used to make a terrible noise and then go silent. And the silence meant that it was going to drop somewhere. And so people in the theatre got down on the floor. And you heard all the seats going back in the stalls. They weren't allowed to sit up in the galleries uh, or, or, the, or the circles at that time. And uh, we had a big table on the stage uh, and uh, would have gone under there if we'd had to. But there was a huge uh, crash, uh, this particular one I'm, I'm talking about. We'd just had breakfast uh, uh, in the Victorian scene around this big table. Uh, and... Uh, as the crash occurred. So all the dust dropped down from the top of the theatre on, on, on top of us. And goodness knows where it was. It was very, very close. And then Mama, in this Victorian play, stood up to say the next line because she wasn't thinking about it at all, but it was the next line in the play. For what we have received, may the Lord make us truly thankful. <laughs> but the people roared with laughter. And so did we, and there was a huge amount of applause from everybody, including us, and then we went on with the play. Grief. Uh, that happened many times. And if you were in a film studio, of course, and that happened, there was a great stop because of the noise. You couldn't carry on through the work no. at all. No, exactly, exactly. It was an amazing time to live through. Of course, of course, yeah, you did. So, so when did you get to see the film in its entirety first? Then was it, presumably there was some big premiere at some point. Oh yes, uh, yes, I think that was in the autumn. Uh, we made it in forty-five uh, in the spring, and and I think we saw it first in the autumn, and it was uh, not a very good success straight away, and. 
David Lean said, uh, well, you know, people will like it eventually. He said, I've made it so people will like it. <laughs> and then it suddenly dawned on people that this was really rather special. And and uh, I think that was probably the music and everything. And Celia Johnson, I think she drew people to her. She was working quite a lot. And, of course, it was Trevor Howard's first film. And so I think they did draw people to them with that. And I was just, what a bit of luck that they they had seen me and, and wanted me to play Beryl in it. <laughs> Wasn't it? So when did you realise yourself that it was it had been become such a success? Did did people start to recognise you in the street and things like that? Or what, what was it what was it like? No. That that's come later, you know. Mm. Um you see the thing the thing of being the only one left alive in the cast is is quite extraordinary. And I'm enjoying it actually. <laughs> 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 I, I good. am. I'm, I am enjoying it. People uh, where I live call out, "Hello, Margaret! Just seen it again," and they, I, I don't know them. <laughs> it's very, very, very nice. Just talking a little bit about the trains and Carnforth and, and and whatever. Yes, yes. I mean, you obviously you say you went to Carnforth late, later on and saw it. Do you think it was? So, do you think there was something about that setting that made it um, sort of ideal for a for a romantic um, encounter? Yes, yes, it did. Because after all, we do have a lot of uh, encounters on station platforms, don't we? Yes, we all do. We're all saying goodbye or hello aren't we? And it's always rather special. Have you ever stood on a platform and seen a steam train coming in and the noise yes. it makes? And the, yes. the, the way it's, it's special, isn't it? Yeah, most certainly. And so I think that happened in, in the filmmaking too. Do you know, I so enjoyed doing it. It was uh, unbelievable, really. But then I loved everything that I was doing. It became very successful in America as well, didn't it, Reef Encounter? Oh, yes, we've got friends over there. In fact, there are friends of Brief Encounter all around the world. And there are letters that come occasionally to me still, calling me Beryl, and would I sign their piece of paper so it goes in the autograph book and that sort of thing. It's, a, it's incredible, isn't it? Do you think it makes people in other countries conjure up a little bit about old Britain or old England or whatever? Do you think they think of, of, of England in that way a little bit? Do you think that's part of it as well? Do you know, I think they probably do. We were at one point a famous country, weren't we? And and I think that's part of it too. Perhaps we are still. But it, but it's, it's something about that quintessentially English thing of a railway station and a tea room and all that kind of thing sort of is part of the appeal, isn't it, of the, of, of the film? It is. It is the appeal of the film. It's a, yes. it's a wonderful film. And when you hear the music coming up and that, that uh, marvellous piano concerto starting away with all the names up there, and it's quite a thrill still. doesn't matter how many times you see it. People talk about Brief Encounter being this number one or number two most romantic film ever and all the rest of it. How do you, when you look back at it, obviously you're, it's going to be special to you because it was your first film you were involved in, but how do you think it compares to other films, other romantic films, maybe of the same era? You know, what, 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 what do you think is special about it? 
David Lean's direction. Honestly, do you know there's a scene when they're saying, really, that they've got to finish this. They're standing on the platform and he, he's got a lovely scene of Celia and Trevor saying, well, I, I'm, I'm going to Africa and that sort of thing. Uh, and they're not going to see each other anymore. And they're in the middle of that. And then David Lean puts Beryl and her boyfriend rushing past and laughing in the middle of that. And it breaks it immediately. Now, that's David Lean's direction. Yes. It's fascinating if you watch it, of course, the many times that I have now. Because if people ask me to speak about it... Uh, in a theatre or film studio or where, wherever I am, and, and I do it quite a lot now, that's where the wonder of that film is. Margaret, thank you very much indeed for talking to me. That was really nice. Thank you. Well, I hope, I hope it's been all right. Yeah, that no, was lovely. That was you... really, really nice. Thank you. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM, and we're about to get bigger. We're going to be pulling out the stops to keep you entertained during this difficult time. Watch this space for a distinct nostalgia bonanza coming very soon. Bye for now. <laughs>